بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد وأن أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رأى نخامة في القبلة فشق ذلك عليه حتى رؤي في وجهه فقام فحكه بيده فقال إن أحدكم إذا قام في صلاته فإنه يناجي ربه وإن ربه بينه وبين القبلة فلا يبزقن أحدكم قبل القبلة ولكن عن يساره أو تحت قدمه ثم أخذ طرف لدائه فبسق فيه ثم رد بعضه على بعض فقال أو يفعل هكذا متفق عليه والأمر بالبصاق عن يساره أو تحت قدمه هو فيما إذا كان في غير المسجد فأما في المسجد فلا يبسق إلا في ثوبه Anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is the narrator from these type of ahadith. My respected brothers, we learn one very fundamental and important lesson. That Islam is a practical religion. Every aspect of our life, we have our role model and our example, Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we find that the compassion of Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that even the basic fundamental aspects of life, how to spit, where to spit, this Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought himself down to such a level that he even taught us that also. We have no excuse whatsoever in any aspect of our life to be looking for direction anywhere else besides Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anas radiallahu narrates that one day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw some phlegm. In the hadith it comes, fil qibla, in the direction of the qibla. In other words, in the masjid. Allah's Rasul, somebody had spat out phlegm. And this was clearly visible in the masjid. Now when it comes to the masjid, the masjid is Allah's house. And the sanctity of the masjid, we cannot possibly overstate the importance of that. Allah's Rasul would not even like that someone who had eaten onions or garlic should walk in the masjid without having cleansed his mouth. The reason Nabi Pak gave us, he said, فَإِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَةَ تَتَأَذَّى مِمَّا يَتَأَذَّى مِنْهُ الْإِنسُ وَالْجِنُ Like a bad odor and a bad smell affects insan and jinnat, it affects you. He said in the same way it affects the malaika of Allah. And the malaika of Allah are in the masjid all the time. So if you're going to come in the masjid with a bad odor, with a bad smell, then you are going to cause taklif to the malaika. Likewise, if you are going to do things in the masjid that are not in keeping with social norms, you are going to do things that are going to cause that others would dislike. Phlegm, who likes to see phlegm lying in the masjid? It's natural, sometimes you can't control yourself. A person sometimes sneezes, some phlegm comes out, or he has a pressing need to spit. 
there is adab and etiquette addressing all this. So don't do these things in such a way that you cause taklif to others or that you go against the grain of shariat. Coming back to this, Anas radiallahu ta'ala says, Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw some phlegm in the direction of the qibla, in other words, in the masjid. فَشَقَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَيْهِ This displeased him, this displeased Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to such an extent, حَتَّى رُؤِيَ فِي وَجْهِ He became visibly upset. He became visibly angry. Anas says, you could actually see it on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I mentioned this many, many times. Nabi Pak was an open book. He wasn't like many of us, cunning. Where you smile at somebody and in your heart you're going to fix that person up. If he was happy about something, you could see he was happy. If he was upset about something, you could see he was upset. He didn't have this hidden agenda or cunning, cunningness as part of his nature. As I said, Nabi Pak was an open book. So when he became displeased, and Sahaba say, you could see it on his face, how upset he was. What did he do? Faqama, he stood up. Fahakkahu biyadihi. Very, very important lesson for you and I to learn. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, with his own hands, he cleaned someone else's phlegm. This is the greatest of Allah's creation. His maqam, his status, we can't even imagine. Fakana qaba qawseyni o adna. That maqam, that status, and yet someone else's phlegm in the masjid. Sahabi says, فَقَامَ فَحَكَّهُ بِيَدِهِ Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam removed the phlegm with his own hands. After having removed the phlegm, sometimes we see some dirt in the masjid, we think the muazzin must pick it up. Or the servants in the masjid must pick it up. We think it's beneath our dignity to be physically ourselves cleaning the masjid. Every time this thought comes in our mind, let us bring this incident in front of us. The Nabi Pak with his own hands, he cleaned someone else's phlegm in the masjid. Thereafter, Rasulullah wasallam, as was his practice, when something displeased Nabi wasallam, when something was incorrect, he was the greatest teacher possible, he would practically teach the Sahaba and thereby teach the Ummah what is the correct thing. So he addressed them and he said, Inna ahadakum idha qama fi salatihi fa'innahu yunaji rabbahu. Allahu Akbar. Look at the hikmat and the wisdom of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not only, not only is he delivering the message that it is not in keeping with the sanctity of the masjid to be spitting, etc., or to engage in anything that anyone else would look down upon or would cause taklif to others. He explains to us the psychology of it. You are in a masjid. He says, when you stand in salah, what are you actually doing? فَإِنَّهُ يُنَاجِي رَبَّهُ This word yunaji comes from munajat. Literally translated, normally we would translate this, that this person, when he is standing in salah, what is he doing? He is conversing with Allah. But munajat is not just con- conversation. Munajat is like when you are whispering to someone. When you are in a private, like how you would say, private audience. 
So understand, like the poet says, فَمَنْ قَامَ لِلتَّكْبِيرِ لَاقَتُ رَحْمَةٌ فَمَنْ قَامَ لِلتَّكْبِيرِ لَاقَتُ رَحْمَةٌ وَكَانَ كَعَبْدٍ بَابُ مَوْلَاهُ يَقْرَعُ فَصَارَ لِرَبِّ الْعَرْشِ حِينَ صَلَاتِهِ نَجِيَّا فَيَاتُوبَاهُ لَوْ كَانَ يَخْشَعُ He says, when you stand in salah, إِذَا قَامَ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ When you stand in salah and you say, Allahu Akbar, then Allah's rahmat, mercy starts raining down upon you. Your example is like someone who has knocked at the door of Allah's arsh. You are in a private audience. It is only you and Allah. It is only you and Allah. فَصَارَ لِرَبِّ الْعَرْشِ حِينَ صَلَاتِهِ نَجِيَّةِ Like the poet says, when you start your salah, you are in munajat. Again this word, yunaji, najiyya. You are whispering privately with Allah. فَيَاتُوبَاهُ لَوْ كَانَ يَخْشَعُوا If only you would have khushu in that salah. In the words of Rasulullah s.a.w. in this hadith, he says, فَإِنَّهُ يُنَاجِي رَبَّهُ You are in a private audience. You are conversing with Allah. You read Fajr Salah now. It is as if you spoke directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّ رَبَّهُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْقِبْلَةِ Nabi Salaam taught us an important lesson in Salah. He said, visualize as if between you and the Qibla there is no one but Allah. إِنَّ رَبَّهُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْقِبْلَةِ he says, your Rabb is between you and the Qibla. We just read Fajr Salana. How many of us practiced upon this? Considered even for a few seconds that I am now in a private audience with Allah. I am speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Between me and the Qibla, there is no one but Allah. This, this is not literal. It's an important point for us to keep in mind. In such a hadith, when Nabi Salaam, for example, is saying, وَإِنَّ رَبَّهُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْقِبْلَةِ That between you and the Qibla is your Rabb. Between you and the Qibla is Allah. It doesn't mean that Allah, Billah, in some physical form is there in front of us, between us and the Qibla. Allah is رَبُّ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبَيْنِ وَالْرَبُّ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ رَبُّ الْمَشْرِقَيْنِ وَرَبُّ الْمَغْرِبَيْنِ رَبُّ الْمَشَارِقِ وَرَبُّ الْمَغَارِبِ رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ السَّبَعِ وَرَبُّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمِ أَيْنَمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ Quran tells us, turn in any direction and you will find Allah. Allah is Rabb of East, West, North, South. Allah is free of shape and form. This is just for our understanding. And this is actually an inference of another hadith. Where Rasulullah wasallam taught us that when a person starts his salah, he is in such a direct conversation with Allah. Conversation. Now what is the word, the word conversation if you analyze it? It means two-sided, not one person only speaking. So what happens in Salah? In Salah, you are speaking to Allah, Allah is speaking back to you. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, you say, Allah responds, Hamidani Abdi. Allah says, my slave has praised me. When you say, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Athna Alayya Abdi. Allah says, my slave has made thana, he's made my tarif, he sung my praises. Maliki Yawmiddin. Allah, you are the owner of the day of judgment. Allah responds and says, Majjadani Abdi. This word Tamjid means to mention or to speak of the Azmat, the greatness, the Kibriyai, the Jalal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Majjadani Abdi. My slave has made my Tamjid. My exalted nature, my, spa- my slave has attested to it. 
Then there was the introduction. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Hamidani Abdi. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Athna Alayya Abdi. Maliki Yawmiddin, Majjadani Abdi. Iyaka Na'bud. Then the fourth expression in Surah Fatiha. Iyaka Na'bud. Ya Allah, we worship only you and we only ask you for help. So Allah responds to this. And Allah says, what is this? Half is, Ya Allah, we worship you and Ya Allah, we ask you for help. So Allah says, This is between me and my slaves, half and half. In other words, it's shared. Your half is you make my ibadat. My half is whatever you ask me, I will grant it to you. So now you have praised Allah. You've reached the point where you have said to Allah that, Ya Allah, I am worshipping you and I'm going to ask you for my help, for, help, for whatever my needs are. So Allah has attested to this. When you praised Him, Allah responded to it. Allah acknowledged your praise. When you came to this expression, Ya Allah, we worship you and we ask you for help. Allah responded to this and said, this is half and half between you and me. You worship me, I will address your needs. Nisfain. This is half and half between you and me. So the next thing, what do you do in salah? You say, You place, the moment you ask Allah, Ya Allah, we only ask you for help. The first thing you ask for is the greatest thing, the most valuable thing. Hidayat is the greatest thing. Without hidayat, there is no connection with Allah. Without hidayat, there is no ibadat. Without hidayat, there is no closeness to Allah. Without hidayat, there is no jannat. Whatever you want, the first, your first greatest requirement, more than you need air to breathe, more than you need food to eat, your greatest requirement is hidayat. So in salah, the first thing you ask, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Ya Allah, give us, give me, give not only me, you ask on behalf of the whole humanity, Allah give us hidayat. Now because you have followed this tartib, what does Allah say? هَذَا abdi abdi Allah says, this is for my slave. In other words, this is his need. And Allah tells his malaika, abdi Whatever my slave has asked me for, I have granted it to him. So the salah is not something that we should take lightly. The masjid is not something we should take lightly. Allah has blessed us with the tawfiq to come here, appreciate it. Carry out the salah with the sanctity, with the dignity that the salah requires. Make this muzakra with ourselves each time before salah. Coming back to this hadith, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّ أَحَدَكُمْ إِذَا قَامَ فِي صَلَاتِهِ فَإِنَّهُ يُنَاجِي رَبَّهُ وَإِنَّ رَبَّهُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْقِبْلَةِ Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that when you stand in salah, you are in a private audience with Allah. You are speaking to Allah. Allah is speaking to you. وَإِنَّ رَبَّهُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْقِبْلَةِ Visualize this. Between you and the Qibla is only Allah. It is almost as if Allah is in front of you. Inshallah we will continue.